The location tagging of endangered wildlife on Instagram. This is the Wildlife Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from WildEye, and this is episode 317 of the podcast. Now in this one I'm going to hand over to Mike, and he's going to talk a little bit about what he says is the irrelevance of tagging endangered wildlife species on Instagram. Now if you don't know what that means, quite often if you go and read comments, in especially when you post species like rhino or anything endangered, and I would say for example in my location that this was taken in Medikwe, even if this was taken 20 years ago, I say the location is Medikwe, and then people lose their minds in the comments about how can you do this because the poachers now see where the animals are. I have my thoughts on this and I might share mine in a future episode, but for now I'm going to hand over to Mike um, to share his thoughts on this quite contentious matter at times. Handing you over to Mike. Hope you enjoy. Hello everybody, and thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. I'm probably not going to keep you too long um, because the topic of discussion, uh, in my opinion, doesn't really hold enough legs to to keep chatting on for hours and hours. Um, but I came to thinking about this topic over the the recent days, where I had posted something onto to Instagram, um, which was captured during a rhino dehorning exercise that. I was truly blessed to be a part of during a privately guided safari in Pinda Game Reserve here in South Africa. And it got me thinking, um, like that whole experience was quite insane and how and this would probably be a future um, podcast topic that I'll uh, chat about because there's a lot to speak about when it comes to the conservation of rhino and the, the whole dehorning process. Um, at Pinda and probably many other game reserves around the world. But having posted that, um, a lot of conservation thoughts and articles that I read up about kind of popped to mind. Um, engagement that I've had on Instagram popped to mind and kind of resurfaced. And I remember way back, um, it hasn't happened recently. Uh, obviously, last year we didn't travel too much, but obviously we kept posting on Instagram. Um but we often get, well, when I say we, I know me, but I'm sure everyone else in the Wild Eye office also receive messages or comments on images that we post of what we should or shouldn't be doing online. And firstly, I mean, it's it's my account and not to be come across arrogant or, or anything like that because I'm far from it. It's just, it's my account. I can do and post what I want. I mean, the hate mail we receive when we post a video of lions pulling down baby impala or baby buffalo or wildebeest saying that, why didn't we save the animal? It's so cruel. This is mean. I don't want to see it. Well, what I do for a living is documenting all of, well, my, my main purpose is helping my guests document these rare and really cool moments. And if I get lucky, I also get to document these truly special moments. And I'm going to show off to the world how the so-called circle of life operates from the birth to the death of animals. And the lifestyle or um, everything in between that is part and parcel of what happens out in the natural world. So whether you like it or not, 
you can unfollow me of of um of Instagram and people have unfollowed me because of the content or some of the content that I share. And that's okay. That's that's not a problem because I mean the content isn't always the most visually pleasing and it is quite hard sort to watch and be a part of, but that's a a topic on its own as well. And I have recorded podcasts regarding this topic as well in the past and I've put out videos on Instagram and and onto YouTube. So my thoughts and where I stand with regards to that kind of content that I share stand firm. Um, I believe that people should understand how these things work and why they work this way and why animals are gory and kill other animals. And the reason I share it is because I truly believe that the first major step to conservation is education. But let's get back to why I'm here today. Uh, that I took a a very different path there, so apologies for that. I said I was not going to keep you long. Um, but being part of this conservation project in um, in Pinda, where we dehorn this rhino, um, thoughts of how people commented on some of my images, some of the stories I posted, whatever it may be, resurfaced again, and how they would say that you should not be tagging these endangered animals, such as rhino, on Instagram. And when I say tagging, what I mean by this is location tagging. Because when you put an image onto Instagram or a video, you could um, go the route of adding the location as to where this animal was photographed. So at Sabi Sabi Game Reserve or in Pinda, wherever it may be, you can give like a geotag location on Instagram. So then when people click on that location, they will see where this area is in the world. Um, and in all honesty, and, and this is just my opinion, is I will keep tagging these animals in the locations that we get to visit. Because again, education is the first step to conservation. And if you look at, like take last year, for example, where this whole pandemic halted tourism, people couldn't get to these reserves. Um, and basically their funding of being there, the prices that they paid to get to Kenya, to the Masai Mara, or to to be within the Sabi Sands Game Reserve, those conservation fees aren't just called conservation fees for nothing. The word conservation fees means that that amount of money that you paid to be in that reserve for that particular period of time go directly towards the fight for that natural environment and the animals that call it home. And in my opinion, yes, I've got, what, 46, 47,000 people that follow me on Instagram. And if at least 10% of these people who have not yet heard about, say, Lewa Wildlife Conservation in Kenya, uh, click on that geotag to see where Lewa Conservation, uh, Wildlife Conservation Area is, they'll see it's in Kenya. They can get a bit um, more information from that, either go do their own research or on Instagram, see more of the photographs. And in a way, you're educating someone about this wildlife area and the conservation efforts that this area is doing. And this might trigger them and kind of spark a, a flame for them to want to get there and experience it for themselves. And if this then in turn happens, they're going to be paying conservation fees to get there and or to be there. And therefore, they're going to be contributing directly to the welfare of these animals right? And again, I kind of ventured off um, the first topic I started off there. If we look at last year and how 
this pandemic halted and stopped all of our travels. I read an article about the Maasai Mara where um, obviously incomes were jeopardized with, with this whole uh, lockdown and the state of or what this pandemic has caused. And the the number of snares and poaching increased tenfold. It was insane how much the poaching had increased all across the continent, not only in South Africa, not only in Kenya, everywhere. People needed to eat to survive. And uh, the folk who live on the borders of these reserves obviously saw that this was an easy way to, to find meat. And the way they set up these snares is not poaching for rhino or poaching for elephant ivory or whatever it may be. It's poaching for bushmeat. And the easiest way or to increase your chances of being successful is you put up more and more snares. And there was a, a particular area in a, cons a conservancy just outside the Mara that um, was kind of found due to uh, vulture and scavenger activity. But when the, the, the rangers moved into this area, they had found, yeah, I can't remember the exact number, but it was well over 50 snares in this tiny little concentrated um, area, this little thicket, which um, animals would use as cover during rains or, or thunderstorms um, or in the heat of the day. Um, so it was a, a, an ideal spot to set up snares in order to kill um, these animals. And this is a direct impact um, due to the lack of conservation fees in the Maasai Mara because some people had to get laid off. They weren't getting an income. They weren't getting paid because there were no tourists coming into these areas to pay for the conservation efforts with, um, within these reserves. And this is what had led to this. And listen to the sad story. They had found in this concentrated area, there were two eland, which are large antelope um, and the largest you'd find on this continent. So two eland were killed and or, or caught in snares and due to this they had died. And only the one hind quarter was cut off of this animal, which means only the one back leg was cut off because the eland is a heavy animal and there's no way that two, three or even four men would carry this thing for kilometers back into the village. So all they did is they hacked off the back leg of this eland, carried it to the village and this would have been a good meat supply for the next week or so. Rest of the animal was left, or both of those animals were left to rot, right? How sad is this? Left to rot. In the surrounding areas, because these eland were, were kind of caught in the middle of, imagine a circle, they were in the middle of this, this thicket in these snares, and all around this, this thicket were, were snares as well. Um, and Ahina had moved into this area, and if I recall correctly, I think there were seven or eight Ahina caught in snares, because they obviously smelt this decaying meat, they saw the vultures landing, and they came in to investigate because now they're getting a free meal. And sadly, these ahinas got caught in snares, and in turn, due to the injuries, they died. So that is now two eland and seven hyena that had died, as well as two lion. Uh, two lioness had moved into the area, also got caught in snares, due to them fighting to try and get off and out of the snare, and exhaustion, they died due to their injuries of the snares. Now, and this is, as I mentioned, a direct impact of lack of tourism through um, the gates in these particular reserves, which is so sad. Um, but in my opinion, 
geotagging species in um, particular reserves on Instagram, in my opinion, is a positive because it educates people of the natural um, or wildlife conservancy areas across the planet. I mean, if you're sitting here thinking, oh, but this is a way in which poachers can find rhino, please, if you think, if, if someone has to revert to Instagram to find a reserve where um, rhinos are found, if he's only at that stage of his, if I may call it, a poaching career, he's got a hell of a long way to go and he's not going to be poaching a rhino in the very near future. The syndicates and the people who are hands-on with this and who are doing it on a daily basis have more knowledge, and I can assure you, than you and I both have um, with regards to the whereabouts of rhinos, which reserves they're in, where they live, where they move. They've got this information. So my little Instagram post where I go and say, this rhino was photographed at Pinder Game Reserve is going to do nothing for the world of poachers. If anything, it'll do more good to educate other people as to where these animals are and hopefully in turn encourage people to go and visit Pinder Game Reserve to go and photograph and spend time with these beautiful natural, um, these beautiful creatures in their natural environment. So please, if you are listening and you've ever tagged and commented on someone's Instagram feed, do not tell the world where this rhino was photographed. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. And I know a lot of people just love to rant online about this whole situation. The poachers already know where the rhino are. Um, and for the most part, um, they have done intense research as to how, where, what, why, when, time of day, time of year. They know it all when it comes to their operations. Um, so yeah, my little Instagram post ain't going to make a difference. And if anything, it'll probably help save that rhino's life more than it would um, end its life. Uh, so yeah, that's just something I wanted to share. Um, I didn't want it to be too negative, but it did turn out into the negative side of things. Um, so in short, um, yeah, keep tagging where you're photographing these animals because that's just my opinion. Um, and I believe it'll do more good than it would do harm. Anyway, thanks again for tuning into today's episode. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions regarding what I discussed, conservation and the well-being of the beautiful creatures you find out on the African continent, please feel free to get in touch um, via email at michael at wild-i.co.za or you can just contact me directly on Instagram, which is Michael Alpsha. And I will happily answer any questions you may have. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye. I hope you have a blessed day further. And I will chat to you all soon. Bye-bye.